Um, well, I, well, I brought it up because I was going to ask, do you guys have any, have any some some Pete Deucer type of guy that's expert at replacing cracked phone screens that'll do it for like 30 bucks? <laughs> There's a kiosk at the mall that does it for like... A, yeah, but I've heard really good things about Haywire over by, um, like on the corner of James and Iowa and down, down oh, from the same block as a hardware again. store. Yeah, but where, by where wings the motorcycle leather place is. Yeah, mm. I should have I should have just referenced the motorcycle leather place first. He would have known. Yeah, it's where he gets all of his German bondage gear. Octolibo, <laughs> <laughs> you're beautiful. How does it feel? Twist my nipples hard. Um, <laughs> Quarantine episode 60. We're going to talk about Batman Incorporated number six. Jeff Figley on the horn. Django Boren here. And Roman Statler. Oh, wow. That was my favorite one I think we've ever done. Ahoy, hoy. Ahoy, ahoy. Roman like leaned into his mic like he was, you know, like Walter Cronkite. <clears throat> I don't know who Walter Cronkite is. He was a newsman, right? He was trusted. Yes. He was trusted. Good, good luck and good night. But is he the good night and good luck guy? I think so. Okay, because Django's been <laughs> saying good night and good luck a lot lately. <laughs> Every day I hear it a handful of times. And uh, it always makes you think of Walter Cronkite. That's not true. I've heard him say it two times in the last week and a half. <laughs> um, and that's a lot for me. For a phrase you don't hear that often. That was Edward R. Murrow who said was it? Good, night, good night and good luck. It was oh. Django R. Boren who said good night and go fuck. Oh, right. I do remember that. <laughs> was that a sign-off on a podcast recently? Yeah, Yeah, one of the... I just said it. It just popped into my head and I forgot it. And then Andrew told me that oh, I right. really hard at it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Chris Burnham's back on this here book, this rag, as it were. Who wrote it, though? Morrison. So let's get into this. Um, Batman Incorporated, number six, Chris Burnham, Grant Morrison, Nyctomorph. Not a strictly linear thing of this, this issue, plot-wise, but it is the one that kind of... I don't know, maybe should have. I remember reading this in the doctor's office of campus, waiting for my girlfriend at the time to get a test uh, done. And I was like, oh, this like because at that point, issue six of this was like, I don't know. This is a book I just read in the doctor's office now in the waiting room because like I was, you know, I was on the fence. I feel like this one could have been issue number one um, just because this Mm -hmm. actually gave me a feeling of like, what this book is why batman is doing what he's doing what is the threat like how broad is he thinking and what did i say roman because you've been smiling uh, no, for about, is it the is it the waiting room thing no i'm yeah i'm sorry i'm just totally distracted i, I want to know what i mean was she okay did everything come out okay i mean what happened <laughs> yep yep um everything went well she had a cold i suggested she tried to get codeine cough syrup from the campus oh. doctor because they're pretty liberal at handing that stuff out it was a yeah. particularly bad year for strep throat <laughs> and uh 
we didn't get any codeine cough syrup, uh, but she was fine. And then I broke up with her immediately after for not getting the syrup. No, uh, we did break up eventually. Um, she kept on talking during Morrison issues. <laughs> no, she wasn't in the waiting room while I read this. There was strangers. All oh, right, right. Um, but it did take about as long as the whole doctor session to read it. I wonder, have we covered enough of that for you now, Roman? I, I think so. I think okay. so. I, I man, I'm glad you brought up Morrison or Morrison coding coding cough syrup because um, <laughs> yeah, that's delicious. It tastes good and it makes you feel good. Yeah. Do you have any? I not anymore, but yeah. Oh, okay. I used to, now I'm like, did, where did I used to get that? Was that on campus? Yeah. Where did you get that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll find out. Yeah. A couple, couple episodes. I'll let you know. They, they give they give coding cough syrup to 36 year olds way more liberally than they do to 31 year olds <laughs> like myself. Um. Yeah, this one. Oh, Batman Incorporated, you guys. This, okay. Like, we gotta, we just gotta talk about it, okay? We've talked a whole lot about how this is a much simpler comic than everything that led up to it. Mm-hmm. Right? Until this issue. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay. You say till this issue, Justin had a problem with number five. Jeff and I mm-hmm. had a problem with number four. And I I kind of wonder if this series, which kind of presents as a much more straightforward storytelling style, isn't when I decided that Grant Morrison left panels out to fuck with me. Because I feel like, like these are simple stories that are hard to read because there's missing information and, and, and like those, those jumps that happen that, that befuddle me. So, you know, I gotta say as somebody who had the idea to start an issue by issue podcast of Graham Morrison's run, my overall feeling about this whole thing is just one of like deep love and reverence inspiration. Love it. Love where this thing ends. But yeah, this, the, and I remember specifically issue one of volume two of Batman Incorporated is awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and from there on out, I think it's awesome. There's just mm-hmm. this great scene of like Damien killing, sliding around in blood and a butcher fat. It's great. Can't wait to get there. This one, this first eight issues, it's interesting to me how much it seems affected by maybe being a new story he wanted to tell that had a drastic change in direction. Mm-hmm. I can't help but think that it feels affected by the drastically shifting grounds of the new 52 beneath this series. So like when this series started or when he started writing it, I don't think there was any inkling of the new 52. And then this went on for eight or nine issues about a year. And in that time it ended with new 52 starting. Mm-hmm. I think that all of this, you can feel about um, you can just feel the ground shift beneath it. It doesn't feel like there's a really cohesive direction. I don't know. Like there, there are times like Justin has mentioned several times on this podcast, like about incorporated, like Batman knows a prophecy. I don't know what that is and how that would inform what he's doing. This one, we learned that while he was traveling in time, he sort of was at the end of time. So we kind of saw a bunch of shit went bad and he only remembers it like a dream now. And that seems to be why he's making Batman incorporated. But even that, would have been a really useful thing to hear in issue one of this. Yeah. 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 I don't know anything about a prophecy or, or whatever. The, like just the motivations seem weird. And I remember originally being like, well, I don't really love this idea of Batman having a Batman everywhere, leaving Gotham. And in this one, it's more clearly indicated that it's not like I'm trying to go. 
Like I'm trying to have a Batman everywhere, but it is more that he is leaning heavily into this idea that, um, you know, Batman appeals to the fear within criminals. And so they don't even necessarily, I think he relies on them thinking he's more of a enigmatic, mysterious force. And, and less a man in a costume. And this one seems to be like, yeah, we're really trying to spread the word of Batman across the world and make people scared that he could be anywhere at any time. Less like, oh, I'm scared Night Runner's going to get me, but more scared that like if we can make criminals all over the world worried that there's a Batman in my town mm-hmm. or something, or maybe he's here. And those are just two very different ideas to me. Yeah. Um, and like to the to the prophecy point, I don't really know what Justin's talking about there, but how different is a prophecy from a a half-remembered dream of being far, far in the future? Right. Right? Like, that can be muddy kind of touch points of things that are probably going to happen in the future that Batman's talking about, and, and that's what he's working on. And it could also be that, like, maybe a prophecy comes up in several issues here that I don't yeah, remember. Like, sure. I, I have big holes in my memory about this. So you could remember that. But it is just an interesting... And then furthermore, a dynamic that I think is corrected here a bit, but at the beginning was troublesome for me is that this does, it's an interesting book to be reading at this time because this Batman idea that he's working with kind of leans into some overtones of authoritarianism to me, like Mm -hmm. keep people in fear to an extent, I guess, if they're criminals, but like. Ah, like branding. He's got like Robotech police behind. Yeah, basically, it's like almost feels one step away from like Minority Report. You know, like don't do a crime because we'll know ahead of time and I'll get you. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's one of my favorite parts about Batman is that we look at him as this just human superhero, but he does have sort of authoritarian leanings. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's bits of that in the Frank Miller stuff at the end in, in The Dark Knight Returns. And, you know, he's I don't I don't think that I don't think Bruce Wayne would be very easy to buddy out with on politics and uh, yeah, like how, how the police should be run. I totally agree. And I think it's one thing that, you know, it's the thing that like if you're sitting down at a bar and you tell someone you work at a comic shop and they don't really read comics, but they might be like, well, what the why the fuck doesn't Batman do, you know, like you can poke holes at Batman. And this kind of shines a light on some of those things about Batman that, you know, I like my Batman as a shadowy figure alone at night running around and and the the globe trotting stuff isn't necessarily my favorite. Um, But I'm of course, I'm, I'm liking this. But this issue, I think, kind of course corrects an amount of what was my uncertainty about this run. I had a lot of assumptions of like, I don't really want to read about a random dude in France, you know, like I want to read about this mysteries of Batman and the whole and all things. And, and this one gets a little bit more into like, there is a big villain. I'm Mm -hmm. building an army to fight this big villain. I'm trying to scare them. And then he's like, when he's on the internet doing the like message board stuff, like being several people just like, (laughs) there's just a lot of things of like, at the beginning of this, I'm like, so Batman is Bruce Wayne, or maybe he's not, but everyone's going to sink it now. Like, that seems like a weak, a weak thread, Grant, and then he doesn't talk about it at all at the beginning. But in this issue, he starts tackling these ideas of like, okay, how can I... Anyway, I almost feel like several issues came out, and there was maybe complaints, or I'm just projecting, but a bunch of answers and clarity, I think, comes in this issue. Or he was, that was my long-winded a, thing. Like a James Bond cold open that took five issues. Yeah. 
and now yeah. he's giving us the plot. Yeah, that, that's a good point too. Roman, where are you at with the whole thing? Um, you know, I'm in, I'm enjoying it. Um, I, I mean, I definitely prefer the mysticism and mystery of the previous storylines, but I'm liking this for the um, kind of the the callback to the the goofy Batman stories. I mean, the first set of criminals we see here is is joe average and the average joes love that so so it's a a blue collar crime cartel (laughs) and i you know i like that kind of stuff i like the idea of um international batman just because i like that idea of like what if the shadow had agents all over the world but Mm -hmm. even more out there you know in the public eye than the shadow did have but yeah i kind of agree with you that that the best batman stuff is the mysterious stuff and you know the reason you get in all sorts of psychological reasons why bruce wayne doesn't use his money on a huge big like social political level and and you know because he's got you know a need to dress up like a bat and go out and fight crime one-on-one but i'm enjoying this i enjoyed this issue but it is it did take a couple a reread of a couple of panels and pages to figure out what was going on and some of it is is on purpose yeah Right. Like he's not telling us what Bruce told Red Robin right. or Dick and Damien. Like there's two yeah. moments where he's like, I'm going to tell you something. And then we dip out and come back right at the end of the conversation. And that I t- also, you know, f- as well as a little bit like, OK, you're not telling me this intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And there's something. Yeah. And there's like a scene at the end that is funny. Uh, Doc Walk. I read his his write up of this issue. And he totally missed something, misconstrued something that I think I construed <laughs> correctly. <laughs> I had my own very different read of a Doc Walk thing uh, today for this issue. What was yours? What, what, did, you, what did you misconstrue? Well I, well, I don't know if we want to get there yet. Oh, well, spoiler. I don't mean, guys, this is all sort of Bruce Wayne kind of explaining his global plan to accrue. And then at the end, we get a scene of Dr. Daedalus and Leviathan standing up on a satellite, um, kind of talking a little bit about their plans. But basically, Batman's building this huge army of heroes and Leviathan has an army of the first wave of soldiers is 500 and they're ready to attack. So we're just building these huge armies there you know no no worries for spoilers i just went into this one talking about vague moral ideas instead of even reframing anything so here we are yeah and and there's some great when was this written great question these 11 8 oh later than that it's just there's a there's a great alfred moment when some bad guys should pile out of a van and they're the emoticon men yeah and it's emoticons from you know circa what 2010 yeah this is <laughs> this issue was june 2011 so yeah <laughs> yeah before emoji was a thing just right ask yeah. text yeah yeah, yeah. Great. there's there is one panel where uh i love chris burnham's art but there's one panel oh they're in the bat cave and it close close up of bruce's face as he's doing his fake misinformation on the message boards and things and just the <laughs> The look on his face on the top of the page, folk, you know, just his blue eyes, and he looks so intense and yet somehow boyish and gleeful. It's really weird. I love Chris Burnham's art. I think in this one, like this era of his art, it's so close to Frank Quitely that I just mm. love it. But his faces 
I do not like his out of costume human faces. Like the shot of Bruce <laughs> after he's giving the interview to people. Like there's oh, just yeah. these horrible, <laughs> like I, the eyes are too big. The chins are enormous. Um, he, he it's, there's a, there's a disfigurement that is kind of like quite Lee's, but it's just very, it's, I don't know. It's the eyes are enormous and anime esque while being, it's kind of all over with Bruce. He's smiling a lot. Like you're, you just described it well, like a boyish glee. And I'm, I'm sort of like, I, I don't know. The art is amazing. There's backgrounds everywhere. Like every panel, there's a lived in world that the, the, the actors are existing within. And I love that. But you know, his, his execution on faces, I'm a little like, well, that's a, that's a tonal shift. Yeah. I feel like it only really works on like that one point, uh, Bruce, Batman, Bruce, um, and night runners stop a, a child, slavery truck and when they open it up the the kids have like murdered and horribly mutilated their captors and the kids are they're all you know controlled by leviathan and there his faces work on those kids because they're supposed to be boyish and gleeful <laughs> i mean i think and, he's got a, a a pretty solid anime look on these faces like mm-hmm. inspired by manga yeah um yeah, I, sure. I it, it didn't bother me at all. Like the it, it's a little exaggerated, mm-hmm. but at, at least I knew what was going on. You know, and yeah. I would take it over most of the art in all of these because it is so close to that Frank Quietly style. I love mm-hmm. it. Like it's it's the face and you know like the body language and the lived in environments. Like all of that is is fantastic. I think that distinction. You're right. Like that anime influence is is particularly there. I didn't really think about that, but I also know he's a huge like Akira fan and. Yeah, as all modern comic artists seem to be, um, yeah. but but it, well, it's it's just such a weird mix of like manga anime faces and then very Western, almost European maybe um, backgrounds and environments. It's it's a it's an interesting. I love it. I every time he was on here, I'm excited. But you know, looking back and I'm like, man, he's like he draws Batman kind of like a very pretty muscular androgynous person. <laughs> like I, I see that. I'd too kiss on him. His- <laughs> I see that kind of manga influence too on this. My, I don't know if this is the first time Cassandra Kane showed up as Black Bat, but her costume, the cape specifically, is seems to be very manga influenced to me. The cape and the mask. Guys, I read something that I thought was awesome. I didn't notice myself. I read a bunch of stuff on the internet. We talk about Cody Walker's Anatomy of Zero and R Batman book. I read the Comics Alliance annotations for all of these issues that they posted when they were coming out. So I don't give credit to a bunch of stuff because I'm sorry. Uh, I just don't even really think to. But anyway, everyone, credit where it's due, and I'm not even giving that. But when he's doing, when Bruce is doing the interview at the very early beginning of this before the Emoticon people show up, He's in Wayne Enterprises, and you can see there's like a giant coin, and there's glass cases with costumes in it. And when they're in the Batcave later, it looks like he's emptied out the Batcave and moved that stuff all to Wayne Manor, since he's more publicly showing his relationship to Batman. So it's like as they're going down the escalator, you can see the cases in the back and the coin to the right. But then when they're in the cave later, there's no... There's Hmm. no... You can't really see any of the stuff that is normally in the cave. It's all just empty rooms. Hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting just little touch to kind of flush out this life shift that Batman and Bruce have gone through. 
Hmm, that's yeah, interesting. I yeah, I hadn't noticed that. That doesn't seem like a good idea to me. <laughs> no, but the, I think <laughs> Bruce, giving Bruce Lincoln himself to Batman at all, I think, is a bad idea. But yeah. And I don't know if that comes up later more clearly or whatnot, and that's why they were definitively able to say that. But I, I really like that idea. Yeah, and I like the fact that he brings in uh, the Outsiders, his old team here. Though, though it is funny, the Chris Burnham art, Black Lightning has never been such a hulking brute <laughs> and metamorphose like just weird line dot face when they're standing there as a group i like that and i like the way he did metamorphose well it's his body but what always looks like his shirt how the how the collar of his his like supposed shirt is all just kind of flowy and and undefined roman you didn't ever tell me what doc walk thing you oh, disagreed um, with doc walk he he writes up at the end of this um when Joe Average and the Average Joes are talking to uh, uh, Necto. Necto, yeah, ne- ne- whatever his name is. Yeah. He re- Doc Walk writes that, oh, and then he reveals that he was really Batman the whole time. I was like, I read that. I was like, what? No, that's Metamorpho. And Batman, you know, is either hiding inside Metamorpho or he pops in from behind Metamorpho. Because at one point, Necto... That didn't occur to me at all. Well, because there's a bottom... I, I don't have page numbers. The last scene when Nick Toe's talking to them um, and Joe Average says, if Batman's everywhere, let him prove it. And Nick Toe goes, you asked, Joe. And all of a sudden, his shoulders and arms start turning into gas or smoke. And then there's some fight starting and the the Hmm. whole panel goes black and then Batman shows up. So I was like, no, that was, which is why at the end when the title is revealed, it's Nick Toe Morph. Oh metamorpho yeah wow i didn't i didnn't get that either yeah because yeah. that's, that's metamorpho's part of his powers is he yeah gases <laughs> hmm. I, I just thought he was a caustic batman was dressing up in disguise no and that's what yeah that's what doc walk thought but i also thought oh that explains why nick toe is also such a weird looking dude and so bald big. and white skin and <laughs> just like metamorpho Wow, buddy, good call, good catch. Yeah, I, I would, I would refute him, but if anybody knows Metamorpho's power set, it's Roman Staller. Yeah, Metamorpho and Plastic Man. Plus, I um, like the idea of Batman like hiding inside Metamorpho, which would explain why yeah. Nikto's so big. Yeah, so doing a Trojan horse type of thing there. Fucking a Roman, that's a good read. Um, I was gonna say with my Doc Walk thing, at a similar time, he brings up two things I read differently but um that conversation with average joe and the joe average whatever that thing he was sort of talking about how a big thing about this is class warfare Mm -hmm. and and i don't disagree with that but like this idea that in general people don't agree like it's the average people against the wealthy people and generally as a reader you would identify with the average like the the commonwealth as, as opposed to the wealthy people but in this situation batman is the wealthy person and it's just sort of like a re-examination of class warfare i don't mm. disagree with that but i'm curious what you guys think about that like i guess that kind of makes me feel that weird thing of like there is an amount of putting batman in the position of the person that is generally less likable in my narratives about the world, which is the people who make rules, the people with wealth, the people who change other people's lives because they think that they can. Yeah. I mean that I wouldn't credit Grant Morrison with like doing anything special with that because that's always Batman's role, but it's yeah. I just always 
can sort of say like, well, he's the good guy and he's not like changing laws or breaking into third world countries and changing their social structure. Like it is always a part of Batman, but I think that what doc walk is implying is that he's really trying to make that distinction clear here and sort of press. Like, how do you feel about Batman when he is kind of the authoritarian person? Right. Yeah. Cause I don't think they've done that in the main Batman titles. It's always, that's always been kind of a, an Elseworlds story or, or, an alternate reality Batman, not in the main book. It, it's never drawn attention to in the main book. And I mean, he's, he's also being the, uh, the conspiracy. Yeah. That a conspiracy theorist would present right in yep. on the internet. It's just, I can usually brush aside like, yeah, Bruce Wayne's a rich one percenter, but he's also a clearly a good guy doing all these good things. And this, I, I think that he is working a little bit to, make that part of who Batman and Bruce Wayne is a little less harder to ignore. But yeah. 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 I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, just the, I'm doc walk wrote about this just by introducing guys like Joe average and the average Joe's, you know, working class guys that are yeah. normally the sympathetic characters. But the thing that I, I interpreted differently in this is that doc walk is talking a lot about how, you know, when Gordon has the little Batman pin and he's like, does this mean I'm Batman now? And Batman's like, sure. Um, this idea <laughs> that like, you know, <clears throat> we talked a little bit about sigils and like business and corporations sigils last time. And Doc Walk is just leaning very heavily. There's a line of dialogue where they're like, Batman's a great idea, you know, and if he didn't exist, we'd have had to invent it, like invent him. And Doc Walk is saying that like, yeah, corporate branding would have created something to make, you know, to put on shirts and lapel pins and everything like Batman. But I interpreted that more in Grant Morrison's book, talking with God, no, sorry, the documentary is talking with gods. The book is super gods. Um, but he talks about like Superman and Batman are just both the reason that they have endured the way that they have is because they're such great ideas. Like, you know, Superman is what if positivity is the thing that guides all, you know, it's a Jesus figure. It's the raw figure. It's been around forever. That's not a new one, but the Batman one is a little bit more new like the Venging Knight trying to like wage this war because of a thing is anyway, Morrison says in those books that like, it's such an enduring idea because it's such a good idea. And, and it, it would exist whether we invented it or not. Somebody else would have invented it because it's such a primal idea. They would have called it like Hercules or something. Yeah. Or, you know, or something like Batman's got a little like, Hercules maybe falls even more into that, like Superman myth than the Batman yeah. myth. But I don't know his interpretation of like, yeah, Batman is a good idea and it would have it would, you know, we would have had to invent it. It's not that it's a corporate thing to me. It's that it's an idea about human endurance and perseverance. And that's why Batman is an idea that we would have had to invent. Like mm -hmm. that, like, you know, when Wayne is saying in front of all those robots, like um, and if he didn't exist, well, I guess we just have to invent him. It's like, yeah, we would humans would always invent Batman and humans would always invent Superman because there's a part of us that needs that sort of moral character and story creation and moral character uh, is a thing that people have been creating since the cave times when they're putting stick beans like anthro. And, and like, who's to say, I mean, at this point, Bruce is using corporate techniques for his branding. Right. Right. In the thirties, if he had had all this branded Batman stuff, which I don't think he really did or could have, you know, I, I don't think right. that level of like boots with personalized bats on the bottom wasn't a thing. People in the 30s were probably like, yeah, we could make that. Even super rich people. Yeah. So like 
is in in the DC universe is Bruce using the tools of corporations for branding or are they using Batman's concept or is it just kind of th- does that not even matter you just made a an interesting idea in my head that I hadn't thought of which is that thing I've been processing all of this through what is Morrison trying to say about sigils and and corporations through this. But what if Batman, what if Bruce himself is cognitively trying to do that? And that's not the Mm -hmm. Morrison idea, but it's the Batman idea of like, no, I'm trying to use this idea all over the globe to scare people. I want them to drive down a street and see a McDonald's. You know, I want them to drive down the street and see my logo and know that. And I think that that's probably obvious, but I, I kept thinking that is a, a Morrison thing and not a thing that Bruce would have been thinking about. But I think I like that. I think Bruce probably does have an awareness of corporate espionage and the influence that corporations have over the people through branding. And, and I, like, bet, I bet that that is a Bruce thing in this more than a Morrison thing that he's trying to make subtle. The amount of money that a company like Pepsi spends advertising is ridiculous. Yeah. And they're not advertising to get you to drink their drink. They're advertising to keep their brand on the top of your mind. Right. Right. And, and so like, it's a, it's a two step process where if you're always on some level thinking about Pepsi, when you're presented with that choice, you're going to choose Pepsi. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of what, what Bruce could be doing is just, if you're always on some level, a little bit scared of Batman, you're going to think twice before you shoot somebody's parents in crime alley again. Roman's got somniferous eyes. It's like he's thinking deep thoughts. I just think about, think about what Django, just what he said. And, and also the, uh, um, the way to get there, the shape shifting keeps popping in my head, maybe just because I'm metamorpho, but, but the way Bruce is since he came back, shifting his brand and shifting the way he does things. And, and it's, it's a little more flexible than Batman has been in the past. Mm-hmm. And, um, that whole idea. And I really like that too, because that kind of adds, includes like kind of a, in a way, a mystical thing to it, because shape shifting can be mystical and very physical and very mental. It can be all I these th- things. I think you're totally right. And e- even more to that, like the idea of Batman Incorporated is this idea of like, let's loosen the strict identity boundary of what batman is it doesn't have to like on one level i think when this series started i was like well that means every person in every country has to have the same costume you know but like identity shifting right like even bruce to dick being there or like night runner has a very different costume than like bat wing but this this softening of the idea of what is batman to the point where like it could be anything right like um identity like at this point you know a year a year before this run it was like either batman is the guy in the costume or he's bruce wayne but now he could be any human being it could be a dude riding a motorcycle in mexico in the form of el gaucho or it could yeah. be a dude with a jetpack so like yeah that softening of the idea of how something is visually represented yeah. is is a really interesting idea heck even my interpretation he could he batman can be a guy instead of another guy <laughs> yeah well, listen, yeah. uh, most stuff at the comics place comes down to a guy being inside of another guy. <laughs> there's there's even, other than Nyctomorph, there's Bruce Wayne Batman in his brooding dark suit. And then there's Dick Bats in his kind of happy blue suit. <laughs> and then there's Bat Robots. 
mm-hmm. also. And that's that's kind of like the one, two, three evolution of Batman. Yeah. And I think up until this point we've been seeing like batman spend either one or two full issues recruiting a single person and what i liked in this one is that it had broad strokes of like yeah we've just got one page of the dude in the jetpack you know helping batman take some people down and then getting sworn in then we've got batwing like we're actually seeing how this global force could be used as opposed to the kind of linear, not very impressive idea to me of just going to a bunch of towns and trying to set up a crime fighter there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this, this is showing how it can be a machine that works all together. And I, I, you know, I think that was a necessary component for me being able to appreciate the flow and direction of this run. There are a couple things here that uh, I didn't catch on my first read. Um, the first one is, let's see when, when, the average Joes are looking at the pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, they are actually looking at the picture of what Bruce and Night Runner find a page later. Where are we? Is so that page one? No, it's 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 like halfway into the okay. book. Um, during the there's like it the average Joes are intercut with Night Runner. The same double page where on the right it has the kids opening up the truck to the murdered bodies and everything. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 You're right. Is my left in, in issues, but yeah. So the, in the oh, issue, nice. there's a, there's a two page ad in between <laughs> the photo and the real life decapitation. Hmm. Um, and that makes me feel like I need to go back and reread this because the timeline was jumbled and now I've got a clue as to how things actually happened. Yeah. You know, a thing that was pointed out to me that I didn't know, but maybe you guys both know since you're kind of Batman scholars, uh, is is that I've always thought that the idea, I mean, Batman Incorporated is just kind of a dumb name, but it's a reference to Victims Incorporated, the Victims Incorporated program that Batman started... Bruce created a Victims Inc. program dedicated to helping victims of the underworld. The name is taken from a series of newspaper articles written by Marla Manning, a reporter uh, and feature writer. Um, with Susan's help, Batman manages to deduce the identity of a killer. It's it's around the time that Dick uh, was about to go to college. Okay. Um, but Batman created this yeah Victims Incorporated program, and it was abbreviated to VIP a bunch. That was a, a three line in those stories. But it, it seems like maybe Morrison's willingness to use the term batman inc even though it's so clearly in tone it was probably strengthened by like oh batman has done a program called victims inc as well right right what do you think roman hmm. i had i hadn't re- yeah bruce refers to i think this issue but i hadn't read oh does he refer to it in this i read it somewhere maybe it was doc walk's book but i didn't remember that at all but yeah i had to google it it was I yeah s- batman 217 yeah. so 1969 I, I kind of took the whole Batman Incorporated thing as being also, well, I'm sure Morrison being a reference to that, but also being a nod to um, a reversal of the the crime ink that the mob would sometimes be referred to. Mm. Crime Incorporated. Yeah. Um, of, oh, go ahead. And of course, just the you know the corporate incorporation word. Right. Yeah. Um, the other, the other thing that I noticed rereading it is that when they go to the dump with Gordon, Mm -hmm. we get a whole story that I don't think has been mentioned yet. 
where Dick says, we know Mayor Hades cronies are trying to frame you, Commissioner. We think we found the man who used your service issue to kill those illegal immigrants. I was wondering is, about... Th is that the three people that we saw killed a couple of issues ago? Hmm. I, you know, I, I think a couple of things, and I don't necessarily think that because it could be a couple of things that it is better, but I could, I, I interpreted it as possibly just a Morrison doing a thing that he like, here's some rich dialogue that clearly shows that these people have a relationship that is existing outside of this one moment. Mm -hmm. I could see that. I could see it being tying into like the Tony Daniels book at the time or the yeah, different book at the time. Um, like if there was some Gordon being framed for something device, I could see them wanting to touch it here mm -hmm. for the shared continuity or it could absolutely just be an overt reference to something that happened earlier in this series. I did like the part part about like, well, we can free your name of that because we know that your gun has a particular, you know, <laughs> cock that gives your hand a, a bruise or something. Like, um, I thought that was that's an interesting, super dumb. That was like super Adam West. There's yeah. your Adam West right there. Just okay. this, this far reach for uh, believability for me. <laughs> And I, I like when he says, if you want the rest of that body, pay attention to the goals. And in the bottom left, there's goals yeah. eating the rest of a dead body there. <laughs> oh, oh and, was and that's a reference to From Hell because of William Gold. Oh. No, I'm kidding. Oh. oh. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it could be. Somebody could read that into it, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> what do you think Batman told Red Robin? I think that he told... I I think that he has told Red Robin, Dick, and Damien, and probably the whole crew at this point, who he thinks or knows Leviathan is. Okay. Okay. Like, I I think that he's letting them in on the plan, and I think that, um, so Django, those two kind of jumping scenes in there that maybe you know fueled your disdain for like that way Morrison writes things. I also think that like that in order to get a mystery reveal. Mm -hmm. He's done a couple of things that aren't like that's I don't know. That's not the most subtle seeding of a mystery reveal. That's like overtly just saying like, hey, we know a thing, but we're not telling you yet, which is, yeah. I think, a different execution for how like the mysteries previously in the series have been unveiled. And yeah, it made me think about the the difference between sort of like the I guess like a Hercule Poirot story where you are hanging out with all these people and you're just as in the dark as they am and you're looking at this detective who has probably pieced everything together in the first 30 pages of the book but you're along for the ride while he toys with everybody and and fills in his own gaps versus a story like a detective story where you're in the detective's head and you're getting fed that information as he finds it versus this is a mystery that the writer is giving to us right like the writer clearly has more information than he's willing to give us in this case. And that's, that's probably my least favorite type of mystery when it comes right down to it. I agree. And like, you know, I, I'm still, obviously I enjoy this run and I don't think that the mystery, like the mystery is unveiled in just a couple issues here. It's not right. like the final thing here, but, um, but I agree. I think that even those three distinctions of mystery that you just uh, revealed, I, that's a really good assessment of those things and yeah i think that that type the third type is my least favorite as well because on some level as a reader i'm like well if you know why don't you just tell me now why like, am i reading this <laughs> yeah like i i don't know yeah that that 
I like a mystery that sneaks up on you. I like a reveal that sneaks up on you and maybe doesn't feel like you're the only person in the room that doesn't know it, which Mm -hmm. is this kind of now feels like, okay, well, everyone else knows what's going on. Why don't I know what's going on? I guess the, the times that this works for me is when it turns out that that's not the point. And I suspect that that's what's going to happen here. Like the reveal of what he told them and what, what that mystery is and who is Leviathan isn't actually what matters in the story yeah right like that this is we're still in the kind of the setup phase and 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 it's not going to matter that the mystery was sort of i I don't want to say it's an unfair mystery but it's it's kind of you know it's it's just my something i don't love i mean when i'm reading a batman book i kind of like to feel like batman and i are partners right like i know what he knows he knows what i know and we're working through this story together and the only and... thing he's ever hidden from you is the joker's real identity <laughs> yeah exactly until now um <laughs> boy that's interesting because i that's not how i read a batman story i, I never feel like we're partners i want to i want to see how batman's gets there but i don't ever expect to figure it out myself but that's in, with mysteries in general <laughs> see i'm the exact opposite man that's why i read so slow like i i love the idea that i could figure it out before the reveal because the pieces are there mm-hmm. um i i love that i mean that's my favorite type of mystery it's i love mystery stories that are like that but yeah i, I uh you know but i also think that's just a, a, a part of who i am that runs puts me running up against a wall a lot which is sort of like always trying to find a view that is more advantageous than the view that I should be living in with my life. Right. If I can just figure this out, I'll have an advantage over everybody. I'll finally have control over my life. That's if one I can of your just defining characteristics. Everything. Yeah. Trying yeah. to get one up on everybody. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> sort of wow. ring this thing out. It's just crazy. The idea that like this book is coming. Oh my God. I didn't just read. I didn't realize in the, did you just look at the final two page spread Roman? No, I just happened to look at oh. a, a little bit before that, when Nick Toe was talking and he mentions, and just, I just said, wow, because it's a, I forgot this line of dialogue. He says, uh, as you can see from the enclosed photographs, Batman actually tattooed the words child molester yeah. on the man's forehead. It's like, geez, that's a brutal. That's awesome. some old, that's some old fashioned pulp. Uh, Specter. Yeah. Do you think he's lying? I don't know. I really wonder about that. Cause it's like Batman would take the time to do that. And when did you learn how to tattoo? Maybe Nightrunner <laughs> did it. That's true. Yeah. Whoever would. Yeah. Cause actually, yeah. Well, it was Batman and Nightrunner that stopped those guys, mm-hmm. the child molesters. Roman, I think that the eyes of Nick Domorph or whatever are another really great indicator that that's metamorpho. I, I, that didn't occur to me at all, but I just, I think your read on that is totally accurate. My thing that I just woed about was that the final two pages of this are a double page spread that have the title in it. And I just read it as eight vertical columns. But all of those images link together like a nine-panel yeah. grid, yeah. and I did not realize <laughs> that. And that is awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. I heard the uh, the grand reveal theme song to the Saw movies happen when I was looking at that. Just like dun 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 dun. dun. Um, oh, in I didn't in get the... that reference. I never saw a Saw movie. Yeah, I never saw we, Saw. Fast and Furious and Saw are the two franchises that Jake and Sean will rewatch at the drop of a hat. So you need to get in on those. In the fifth one of those, the Red Robin panel, uh, one of the little things has Burnham's signature on that page there. And underneath it, there's something written, and I don't know what it is. I got my Absolute Edition out to look at it blown up. It looks a little bit like it says Woo, W-H-E-W. Like, I did this fucking thing. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't see that in the softcover trade I have. 
on the the red robin panel there's the dude's arm like laying on the ground on the like there's a piece of wood right next to his shirt that says burnham oh yeah okay okay so that's his signature which is pretty common but there is something with two carrots like you know the brackets and something written in it it almost looks like the first thing could be an n or a w but it I, I like the idea that it's woo because at this point Burnham has done some pages in Batman Incorporated, or sorry, in Batman and Robin 16, and he did oh, um, some pages in in issue five or issue four rather. But now this is, I think, maybe his. I guess aside from the previous issue number four, this is maybe his first full issue at it, and he kind of goes for broke and a lot of this stuff. There's some huge backgrounds. Things are all connecting. I just love the idea that Burnham would have been like Burnham. Whew, did this <laughs> god i i like writing for morrison but damn this is hard like i'm trying to be frank quietly over here and i'm just a new artist boy even with the magnifying glass that dino Chapino gave me i can't i can't make out what it says underneath his signature maybe between my absolute edition and your magnifying glass we'll be able to crack the code yeah yeah i'm I'll just get gonna this call over. chris burnham nice i wish he would talk to me uh, i scared him <laughs> oh it one says time. we like, like, you know, when you exhale some breath, we, I think it ends with a W though. And that's kind of what I mean. It's like yeah, an exhalation. With a w. <laughs> whew. I, I, I just make that sound like who, like Django just said, that's a who this is we W H E W can be who, who, yeah, but whew. the we I'm talking about is, is ends in the W. Okay. Well, tell. don't fucking look at me like I'm a dumbass for interpreting it a different way. You no, I looked at Django that way. Um, <laughs> But I, I could go on Google says. Pronounce and type in W-H-E-W, <laughs> and I wonder what the audio file would say that it sounds like. Magneto. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone can be right. People don't have to be wrong. Um, all right. Let's just go real quick before we get out of here to a slew of emails that we have. Um, can I Can I tell you? Yeah, please. Real I didn't mean to. Everybody actually uh, final thoughts on I, this before my, we get to My the only final thought is that I think that what Bruce told Red Robin is that he's going to have his own series for a little while. Did he? He already yeah. had a series at this point. Red Robin number one started. Oh, that was during. When... All right, never mind. Cut that out. Cut that out. I sound like a fool. No, no, no. I like it. He could be telling him, hey, Red Robin, I'm about to give you a comic book series where you're leading the outsiders. You got canceled, but <laughs> I mean, your series got canceled. Anyway, that was a uh, useless aside. Apologies. I like it. Roman's looking at something. Oh, I'm just really looking forward to the next issue. I, I remember loving the next issue. I do too. I remember exactly. Well, I guess I remember where I was when I read this issue too. But that he was in the doctor's issue. office for himself this time. This time I was <laughs> in a psychology class for number seven, and I got Neutral Milk Hotel tickets and ignored my lecture. And then as soon as I got those, I whipped this issue out and read it. Uh, the seventh. Um, are you ready for a little <laughs> insight into Chris Murphy's subconscious? Yeah. Okay, get re get ready. Um, dear quarantine, first off, real talk. I once had a dream about a monkey eating his own tail, and he called himself Aurora Bobo. True story. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was fucking good. Um, Batman Inc. number four. We got actually a slew of uh, two emails at least about uh, Ms. Kane, but it's one of the highlights for me. Batman Inc. 4. Thanks for giving it such thorough attention, and I hope you'll let me share some thoughts. One thing that strikes me about the Batman-Batwoman romance is that she is his aunt. Granted, it's an aunt via a marriage that occurred when Bruce was at least a young adult. She doesn't know it, and Bruce doesn't seem bothered by it. Who would be? So who am I to judge? <laughs> who knows? Maybe there's a family resemblance between Bruce and his uncle Nathan that Kathy can't help but be attracted to. Now, 
onto the Earth 1, Earth 2 debate. I think, unless it was explicitly stated otherwise, Silver Age stories took place on Earth 1, which includes all the early Batwoman stories. Due to editorial directives after a final appearance in Batman 163, Kathy was jettisoned to comic limbo, where she reappeared in the 70s and eventually killed, uh, was killed in Detective Comics 485 in 1979, 15 years later. That was still the Earth-1 version. There was an explicitly Earth-2 Batwoman in the 80s, but she only showed up a few times. I don't think she's a factor in this series. Maybe part of the confusion was the idea that Earth-2 Kathy and Bruce had a daughter who was the Earth-2 Huntress. Mm -hmm. But that Huntress's mother was the Earth-2 Selena Kyle not the earth to Kathy. And that's what I was, I had thought, cause I thought it was a, uh, I thought Huntress's mom was Catwoman because in the Tom King run, like Catwoman's talking to her in those flash, like far forward scenes after mm-hmm. he's died and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, that's Jeff. As far as I know, there's only one post crisis appearance of earth one, Kathy Kane, the kingdom planet Krypton from 1999. The whole kingdom event was Mark Wade experimenting with hyper time. Nice. I have not read the kingdom, but I know of it, but I the issues. Know. I, I know that hypertime was a thing that Mark Wade and Morrison like talked a lot about. Um, Man, Batman's, can you imagine those two in a room? Mark Wade and Grant Morrison or Chris Murphy? Mark, Mark and, Wade and Grant Morrison. That's yeah. just like two good writers that are very different in my brain. Yeah. Well, I, I think of them as very similar, Roman. What do you think? I mean, I guess yeah, maybe I th- why it's, Wade's got a science basis, but. Yeah, I think of them as pretty similar, except, except yeah, what you just said. Wade is completely science based and Morrison is. A little bit of everything based. I guess yeah, I guess Wade just seems very straightforward storytelling to me. Yeah. That's yeah, I, I think that they go a similar place, but they go about getting there differently. But I, yeah. I liked that. In this story, Batman is investigating the epicenter of strange hypertime phantoms. When he sees a figure who he slowly recognizes, it's Batwoman. I've attached a scan of the page. Batman's confused whisper of Kathy is particularly poignant and reminds me of when Grant had buddy animal man Baker meeting the characters of the lost infinite earths. Before this issue, I didn't care much at all for Batwoman, but Grant's retcon was so alluring that I have since become a big Kathy Kane fan. It's the magic of Morrison. Stay safe. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Thank you for that one, Chris. Um, Wow. We've got some more. Just a second. Uh, I got a question from... Andrew, that I'm excited about. We'll end with that one. But right before we get there, we've got Chris Buquet, who, again, hope I'm saying the name right. Forgive me. I'm very foolish. I Send us who, a voicemail. Let I us thought know. we was spelled who. Um, <laughs> uh, Chris, Batman Incorporated number four really sent me into a research mode. Fuck yes. I love all of you people out here researching with us. This is great. We're all gumshoes. We're going to finally crack down Carmen Sandiego at one point. Um. I, too, remembered it being much more difficult to follow than it actually was. Perhaps that's because I wasn't sure at the time what characters were new and what characters were plucked from the 70s, not to mention the symbolism in names like Spiral or Daedalus and in the issue, a cameo from the actual pers- an actual person. I love hearing that from other people, you guys, that, like, I-, I guess it's vindicating for me having been very ignorant going into that issue, like not knowing who Kathy Kane was, not knowing about multiple Earths, any of that. I love that other people were like, yeah, that didn't make sense to me, but it made me... Like I love people who are like, well, I don't know something, so I have to rise to the challenge and figure it out, right? Like I, I love that resting state. That that's exactly what when I was a kid, when Morrison was a kid, reading some Superman, Batman, going, going, who the heck are these? I got to fight out, and it spirals into your whole life and yeah. goes on the rest of your life. <laughs> and I love, I love that it's a thing that has been true forever. I feel bad that mine is so easy. I can just Wikipedia it, and you were like, I got to go to the <laughs> five and dime and look through every issue to see if I can find a reference yeah, to this person. I had to person. hope I got lucky enough to like find old issues in a bookstore or a drugstore that never rotated their stock or something, you know, yeah. a year later. <laughs> you know, and, this is actually something that I've been 
been thinking about a lot in the last couple of months because of that issue and Rorschach one and two, which we talked about. Well, we talked about one on the perfectly acceptable podcast. We'll, we'll talk about number two tonight. Tonight, but uh, at what point do, is it is it unfair for a story to expect you to have to go research? So I read. I read uh, the first issue of Rorschach and I was like, oh yeah, I don't think you need to know much about Watchmen to, to get it. And you felt the opposite. No, in, I, this, it's, in this Batman, it wasn't the getting it reversed. thing. I just didn't care about Rorschach. But our roles were, were reversed. Like, well, but you felt like, like there was stuff that you would get a lot more by having recently read Watchmen, right? I, I explained it poorly. What I what I meant to say, which is why I then thought about it for two days and then approached it to you in person, which was that not that not that I thought I was missing stuff, but I think that if I had read Watchmen recently, I would have cared more about this character Rorschach or even just that world. Whereas it stands, right. I haven't read Watchmen in so long. I don't actually like the branding of those characters or that story or anything is not enough to make me want to read a book. And if it had, didn't have Tom King or Jorge Fornas in it, I probably wouldn't read it. Right. Right. Uh, I, I just guess, derailed you. I'm sorry. I just, I, 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 you're one person that I, in my head, I need to have you understand me. <laughs> I know. And I'm having, I've, I've had a hard time wrapping my brain around that specific one, but with the, with the Batman incorporated number four, is it four? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Kathy Kane one. I didn't feel like I needed any other information and I didn't know anything I didn't know any of this earth one earth two, like the right. and like, I didn't know any of that shit and I didn't feel like I needed more. So it's, it's like, I must have soaked up enough Batman lore at some point to have not felt like I needed to expand on that where you and Chris last name um, <laughs> do. Murphy. No, yeah. this is the other Chris. Yeah, Chris Buchanan Chris. right here. Oh, we got a lot of Chris's in this crew. I don't know. It just, it, it just, it's, no, it's I, interesting I, you're to You're totally me right. It's, it's, you're, and I, I think exactly what you said is correct. Like for me, when I read that issue, there is Batwoman in it, newer Batwoman, Greg Rucka, and there is the original Batwoman. Mm -hmm. And for me at that point, I didn't know. I was like, are those the same person? Is this a time displacement? Is that her when she's young? And that was her old, like, mm -hmm. it's like when you read a Batman comic and you're like, man, this Robin is a little kid. And right. someone's like, Where oh yeah, because this is a different Robin. <laughs> Robin grew up and became, you know, went and became Nightwing. And you're like, oh, it's kind of, but I think your statement or that idea of when, when should a writer or a story expect someone to do that? Mm-hmm. And and I don't think any writer should expect people to do it. I, I I sort of just like myself and people, I've just been around people long enough where I'm just like, oh, I don't really think this person would like me very much. And I'm not going to stress about it. That's just a situation I'm not going to go into anymore. Mm -hmm. Whereas comic books and stories like this, I would hope that if someone's just like, I don't get enough of this. This is too much work and I don't want to do the research. Just be like, that's just not a story for me. I'll read something else. Yeah. Um, it's going to be I, hard. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just because I love that. You know, I, I love that feeling. That's mm -hmm. like, and like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, a lot of words in that comic. And you're like, well, you know, I was young. That was a sign of a good comic, right? That it was going to last you your money. You're going to have to, it would take five hours to get through as opposed to 15 minutes. For me, it's kind of like, well, I get the 15 minutes of reading the comic and then I get the two hours of Googling these questions, right? Like that's a right. kind of different way that I get value out of it. But I... <laughs> I think it's a really interesting 
question and distinction. And that's one of the things that I love so much about talking with you, Django, is that, you know, we, we come from opposite sides of that and like a huge number of the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really interesting, like, yeah, just our, our willingness to continue reading these things <laughs> where I'm just like, I don't think I'm going to like a Lobo comic. And you're like, I guess I'll read more of this Morrison thing. Um, but, it, uh, it's got to be hard for comic writers who are doing anything that references anything else because they've got to either give you some clumsy catch up to tell you exactly which version of these characters you're dealing right. with or, or what matters, like what is in the canon of this specific page of this comic or just let you be a little bit lost and, and make you make those jumps. And I think Morrison is more willing to know exactly where he's coming from and let you have to figure it out than somebody like Mark Wade, who I think is a, is a lot more, you know, he, he gives you more clues as to where everything is. Anyway, that was a total derailment. I'm, I'm into it because it's, it comes down to a lot of just like, I think the conversation of even how I live my life is, is more that Morrison style of just like, I'm going to be who I am. And mm-hmm. if you don't like it, I hope that you just will go somewhere else because I don't want to feel bad about being who I am. I and do that enough as it. it is. I hope you got Google. Yeah, it's not that I'm, <laughs> I'm so deep. I'm just so annoying. But I mean, uh, so in the interest of hashing out any outstanding confusion, I started looking up circus slang when I found nothing mm-hmm. that... Co- that correlated to anything Batwoman said, like we had talked about, I delved into her actual first appearance, Detective 223, and you'll be unsurprised to find out that it's heavily referenced in, by Batman Inc. 4. Motherfucker. Chris, well done. Detective 233, I'm sure, has echoes all through Batman Inc. 4. Batwoman saving Batman by shining a light in the gunman's eyes is directly lifted from that issue. Bruce Wayne goes to a party at Kathy Kane's mansion, and the two discuss Batwoman, but he's not nearly as dismissive of her uh, of her here as when Morrison writes the encounter at the end of the issue, Bruce figures out her identity by using two phrases of circus slang that he hears her used trap artists and scratch writers. He and Robin look through a filing cabinet full of theatrical and circus people find a woman who could be do both stunts. The issue ends with them talking Kathy out of continuing as Batwoman. I've also been looking ahead a little. I feel issues six and seven are really the high water mark of the concept of Batman Inc. I agree with you. We get to see some really interesting takes on Batman's different countries and Leviathan, uh, and we follow these up with Leviathan Strikes. Not sure if you're taking off the holiday, but know that I'm very thankful you guys have provided us all with some great insights. We are providing you with great insights. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you, Chris and Chris. <laughs> yeah, geez. Um, yeah. Well, wow. uh, can we give them a name, Chris Incorporated? Oh, <laughs> my God. Okay. Chris Buquette and Chris Murphy. Chris, either one of you, feel free to write. Um, you know, a a spelling pronunciation version of your last name. If I'm butchering it, I apologize. But uh, yeah, that's a great call. Chris Inc. Um, We've got like these amazing detective Chris's on the case and I (laughs) absolutely love Uh, it. Detective Chris is in DC. Oh my God, Django. (laughs) At some point you're going to have to be stopped. Um, I accidentally just closed my browser window, but I do remember Andrew's question. I'm going to come up against uh, a Dino Chapino. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love a Dino and Chapino. We're going to battle and I'm going to lose. Lose the um, pun game. If Thomas Hurt was to be in a live action Batman movie, who plays him? Kevin Conroy? Jeffrey Dean Morgan? Let's imagine this would be a perfect movie. So Thomas <laughs> Hurt. Okay, okay, okay. I interpreted that in my first read as Dr. Hurt, but I bet it's Batman's dad. Do you want to do both? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that they would have to be the same guy. Yeah, you're right. And I think that they could 
do that with whoever plays Batman in the same movie. Just give him a little bit of prosthetics and age him, age him up 15 years. I could see that. I, I like, I mean, I think the DC recent Batman movies, Justice League, Batman, Superman, Jeffrey Dean Morgan played his dad. And I actually thought mm-hmm. that was pretty good casting. Yeah. I don't, I would like to see him act as Bruce's dad. I yeah. think he would, he would be a good Dr. Hurt. I don't know that he would be a very good Thomas Wayne. Yeah. Just, just in that he is so fucking brutal in everything he does. Yeah. <laughs> Except for in Grey's Anatomy. Oh, is he, is he subtle in that? I've been talking a lot about Grey's Anatomy lately. <laughs> um, gosh. Yeah. A good dad figure who could also be, have a night version of himself. That's possibly very evil. Whoever it is, I would like to see them made up to look as much like Bruce as possible. So you, you know could what? have two different people. Because oh, go ahead. So you want it to look like he's Bruce's dad? I want him to look like he's Bruce Wayne. But but we're talking about his dad and Dr. Hurt, not yeah, Bruce. Who, okay. Who like looks so much like Bruce at some points in, in the story that I had a hard time telling him apart. Okay. Um, I did just watch Interview with a Vampire, but I feel like um, I would love a Brad Pitt a la Fight Club. Mm. Like, you know, I got like Brad in a suit, like Meet Joe Black or whatever. Or is that what that's called? Anyway, maybe that was a monkey movie. Um, or in the like Orobobo. Orobobo movie. And then and then at night, he's just kind of Tyler Durdened out. Like I could, I mean, obviously you need to dye the hair and stuff. But somebody who could be both fatherly and then scary at the same time. If Django. Bruce- if Bruce Wayne is uh, Tom Cruise, I Tom Cruise occurred to me as well. But again, then interview Brad with Vampire. Pitt mm. could be Doctor Hurt, and we would have the reunion we've been waiting for—the sequel to Interview with a Vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Roman, with, what do you think, you beautiful bonobo? Interview with the Batpire. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. I don't know because we talked about this on on the Facebook group and. I picked Jeffrey oh, Dean did you? Morgan, right? That's okay. Negan. Yeah. I picked him to be hurt. And the comedian. Yeah. Somebody else mentioned that too. I forgot about that. Um, I picked him to be hurt. I don't know. And now my brain is stuck with, isn't it old lore that Cary Grant was the basis kind of physically for Bruce? Or was that Superman? I think Clark Gable was. Clark Gable was Bruce. Clark Gable was Bruce? I think so. Okay. I don't know who either of those people are roman but as you were posing that question i tried to then think of an answer like i tried to think of a roman answer to the question and i came up with david tennant who as, <laughs> as who? thomas wayne the good guy but then if you've ever seen harry potter number four he plays a very bad guy and he is pretty scary as a bad guy i think that like david tennant has that doctor who like I kind of want you to be my dad if you're just a little less zany, but like a good dad type. But then he's done more than one role where he plays a bad dude. And oh, yeah. I think he's, he's very convincing as a bad dude. He is. I mean, oh, Purple yeah. Man. Yeah. yeah, he's the Purple Man on Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Man, I could go with that, except, except just his physicality yeah, is he's all, a all wrong for yeah. both either Thomas or Thomas. He's got to bulk up. The Thomas Incorporated. He would need to bulk up to be playing Thomas Incorporated. The Tom sure. Toms. The Tom Toms. But every time he played that role, he would donate a free pair of shoes to somewhere. I don't know. It's a Toms reference. Okay. This is a very long episode, but we're only doing two a week now. So I'm going to forgive myself about that. And I hope that you're all digging it. Um, Roman? Thank yes. you. Well, thank you. Django? 
Mm. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Bobo. Absolutely, <laughs> Bubby. Um, great work, everybody. Great insight. Loved. I just loved this kind of conversation. You know, I'm as interested in just this ongoing. How do we feel about the idea of Batman Incorporated, a globalized Batman force? And I think that is as interesting as anything specifically happening panel by panel on the issue. So I hope I hope everyone else is feeling weird about that. If you all need to call in, you know, we record these usually in the morning. You can get my phone. Uh, cell number is, um, but you can get us emails at batmanandquarantine at gmail.com. One of these days we should should email us voicemails. Yeah. You could record voicemails. Yeah. Uh, Will Elmer did that on one. Uh, feel free to record a voicemail and just attach it as an email. Um, great stuff's happening in the Facebook group. Great stuff is happening all over. Uh, Andrew has got to be on here at some point. We've got to get Andrew's naked voice on the podcast for everybody. Mm -hmm. Just so people that are listening can hear the, the Facebook, uh, moderator, Okay, well, on that note, this was Batman in Quarantine 60. Every single one of you is amazing. Roman, Django, I'll see you guys later, I guess. Yeah. Tonight, one on one work. Record yeah. another podcast tonight? Mm-hmm. Cool, I dig it. Well, we'll see all of you tonight, I guess? Tonight. 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 tonight.